Howdy ho! And welcome to another episode of Be Positive. My name's Louis. I'm Fraser. And thanks for having us. We are joined today by a special guest, man. We are just we're getting thrilled. special guests. All, All up in here. Yeah. We're That's loving great. it. We're joined by Adam Stolier, professional student and mischief maker. Hello, mischief maker. Wasn't I sure just, about that one. I, don't, I couldn't think of anything else to say. It's alright, it gives me a bit of more street cred. I'm good with that. Today's film that we are reviewing, I guess we're reviewing films, or are we discussing films? I'm, I would rather say discussing. It's a fine line anyway. We're talking about Yeti, Curse of the Sneeman. <laughs> <laughs> Curse of the what now? Curse of the Snow Demon. Okay. You know how I like I to short... Sneeman. <laughs> I might have said that. I may have... <laughs> It's a shorthand uh, abbreviation word. I mean, this movie doesn't deserve the full title. And we'll get into why. I guess the first thing we should do is just get a, a real quick plot synopsis out there. This one, I think, is going to be easy. Because it's basically it's just... very straightforward. A football team crashes in the Himalayas. <clears throat> which also looks like it's in the States. And then... Very much like Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and then a fucking Yeti just starts picking them off. Uh, they consider cannibalism, and then some of them get saved. Do well, you guys, that... are you are you aware that it's based on sort of a true story? It immediately, when I started uh... watching it, it reminded me of in the seventies there was a an Argentinian plane crash in the Andes, yeah, and there was a rugby, rugby team. team as well. Yeah, yeah. they kept and they also and resorted to cannibalism, but they were there for three months, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> They lasted so a little bit longer than... Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they also waited much longer before they resorted to cannibalism in, in the <laughs> Yeti. I, I think it's two days. And then they're like, I think it's time. We have to do it. But there's this one guy, Raven, Raven. who just... He I, is I obsessed Raven. with the cam- cannibalism idea. Like it's, it's like the first night and he's like, guys, you realize we're going to run out of food. Just yeah, saying, just saying. At some point, we're not going to have full bellies. And that's unacceptable. But Raven was already very hungry on the plane out to their crash. He was pressuring his neighbor sitting next to him in the plane, pressuring him for, for snacks, which he didn't get. And Raven was very upset. I feel like this film could be retitled Raven's Upset. <laughs> Raven's also, quest for food. Yeah, Raven's real hungry. Raven's, <laughs> Raven's, uh, Raven's diners, <laughs> drive-ins, and dives. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, well, I mean, actually, he's the one who hides chocolate bars, and then by the end gets found out for eating chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. He, so, if anything, he's the one who should not be pushing for because he's kind of sorted. Yeah. He's eating chocolate all the time. He's very shysty. So he's maybe just trying to get everyone else to eat it, so that he can feel less guilty about eating chocolate i think he just wants to eat people yeah i think he's like oh finally this plane crash has happened i've been waiting for this moment for them my whole life ever since i heard about that argentinian rugby team (laughs) i've dreamed about crashing in the mountains and do you think he caused the crash (gasps) yeah yeah definitely i mean what actually did cause the crash a a cloud was it a cloud that ripped off here's my very very important question why are they trying to fly over the fucking Himalayas, bro? Yeah, why? Because yeah, yeah. uh, they're going, similar... they're going yeah, via I mean, the States, right? And to they're Japan. an American football team. Why are they... 
to play the no. first bowl game ever played in Japan, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a strange premise alone. Like, for an yeah. American football team to be traveling over the Himalayas is already a strange sort of yeah. uh, practical uh, issue right there, I think. Yeah. Would that be happening? Couldn't they have just made it, like, the Rockies or the Andes? even yeah um, i guess the himalayas are relevant for a sort of yeti though in the mythos of it right yeah yeah, yeah. otherwise it would have been uh bigfoot curse of the Big... dirt demon <laughs> <laughs> that's a good sequel so this film was directed by paul ziller i don't know who he is never heard of him it was made for tv by sci-fi channel in 2008 yeah. as part of their man-eater series the 14th film in their Maneater series. I'm glad they have so many. Yeah, it's... That series honestly sounds like a pot of gold of <coughs> horrible yeah. films. I'll just quickly run you through the list of them, right? First one, Blood Monkey. <laughs> Second one, Grizzly Rage. Then, In the Spider's Web, Maneater. Oh, it's a tiger. <laughs> Something Beneath is a primeval beast. Okay, good. Croc... <laughs> Eye of the Rocket Beast, shit. The Hive about ants, Black Swarm about wasps. Okay, that's that is truly terrifying. Hybrid, <clears throat> Werewolves, Wolves, Shark Swamp, Great White Sharks, Vipers, Swamp Devil is a Swamp Devil, Yatai, Curse of the Sneeman, Wyvern. <laughs> I'll actually want to watch that. Sea Beast, Carney is about the Jersey <laughs> Devil. It's not. It's not what you thought. Rise of the Gargoyles, Sand Serpents about prehistoric worms. Oh my god, how many? Hellhounds, High Plains Invaders, aliens, Behemoth about the Behemoth. Of course. Ferocious Planet, Beast from a Parallel Dimension, Roadkill <laughs> about rock, Scarecrow about a scarecrow, Shark Killer, a black tip shark, and The Hollow about a curse. How is a curse a man eater? Maybe. <laughs> And this is 27, there are 27 films in this series. I think that's why I'm really glad that we ended up on Yeti, because it opened my eyes to this whole Maneater series. And there are definitely some movies here that I would like to see. Oh, yeah. Some hidden gems. Um, I think High, High Plains Invaders really sounds interesting. I think the title then, is misleading. It is like a western, right, with aliens. Yeah, it seems that way. Sort of like and Cowboys then, and Aliens, but made for TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then the hive and black swarm sound really interesting. Those yeah. actually sound um, legitimately the wasps scary. One, wasps are really terrifying. Yeah, dude, and they're evil. They mess with the bees. Yeah. You leave my bees alone. Okay, but I feel like we're avoiding talking about Yeti. <laughs> no, that's Sneeman. So I just want to ask you guys, and this might be a personal question. If we were stuck on a Himalayan mountaintop, who would we eat first? I love hypotheticals. Let's discuss cannibalism first. Okay. Would so, you eat a person on a mountaintop? Yes. Yeah, me too. I would probably be kind of like Raven. <laughs> but only on the first <laughs> afternoon, I'll be like, dude, the little one's got to get his neck snap. <laughs> as yeah. soon as you crash, immediately. Like, am I going to have to be the one to say <laughs> <that>? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you, start with, you start with the youngest because they're potential competition and the oldest because they're easy to get. You take them out, yeah. you, you even it out to sort of middle age where you've got a fighting chance. 
Are you talking about com committing the murders, not eating the corpses? The remains. That's exactly the... what he's talking about. Yes. He wants to actually. <clears throat> I don't think you want to be the yeti. You want to pick off. I think <laughs> the survivor. I would technically be a Wendigo. <laughs> also, very much to do with cannibalism. Like, I feel like this movie would have been better if it were about a Wendigo instead of a yeti, and then they could have also placed it in the states, which would make the trees make sense. <laughs> you know that's a weird sentence to have to i say. wish the bunny made sense but is cannibalism okay yes because who's gonna stop you okay but it must be just because there's no one to stop you doesn't mean it's okay morality isn't based on who's watching people think that way that morality yeah, can only work if someone's watching you like very Foucault. Foucault. yeah disciplinary systems yeah the gains Ethically, though, it's obviously based on your setting, right? Because yeah. if you're sitting in a city and food's plenty and you eat someone, that scene is taboo That's and abomination. Okay. Gonna look bad on your CV. Then in a survival situation, it's sort of forgivable. Society just accepts you when you come back. And they even like it. Society yeah. even kind of, uh, they kind of like those type of stories. Yeah, we love the gruesome details and the... And it, yeah, it shows the extent to what will go to survive, yeah. you know, even uh, abandoning our own ethics. It, it's because no one's ever proud of it when they do it to survive, but it's, it <laughs> so shows how, how far you can go. Man, Raven was just sad that he survive. didn't get to stay there longer. Yeah. His death, by the way was amazing because fury charges at the yeti holding raven and, and she just fires really like, badly just shoots like like and I... kills him immediately <laughs> i'm i'm thinking that was definitely part of her plan not like yeah. not <laughs> i find that raven was very useful to keep up the pacing of the film though because yeah, it would yeah, have definitely. been very boring without him being like hey hey let's eat your brother yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, no one would ever like it. Would just be the the leader guy saying, "Okay, guys, let's wait here," and then everyone else going, "Okay." Peyton, not Matt. But yeah, I think they <clears throat> maybe the the cannibalism was a bit overplayed in the film, in the trailer at least. Yeah. It made it seem like the cannibalism was going to be central to the story, but they hardly ever did any cannibalism. Actually, mm. they had one little slice that Peyton cut off. The title also made you think that it was going to be more about a yeti, and the yeti does just sort of takes their dead uh, for a little while. Then they then they remove the dead from the equation. Then the yeti comes and shakes their house. I mean, yeah. there's only one guy um, faced with the yeti throughout the whole thing. Oh, Garcia. Garcia. Returning as our sponsor today is the Zolo Maxiloft legal team. If you experience any of the following side effects, see a doctor immediately and dispose of your Zolomaxiloft tablets within the prescribed summoning circle. Symptoms include runny blue discharge, ridiculous mouth, seven salts of Sodom, male or female barbed penises, caged heart or tummy lungs. Zolomaxiloft, not the side effects you want, the side effects you deserve. I feel like Garcia is a bit of a absurd hero in a way. Yeah. Right? He excels at survival. He's chased by the Yeti. His friend's arm uh, falls off. 
not not like chewed off or ripped off or <laughs> even breaking off at a point where it would make sense. It just no, sort no. of pops off and he's like, oh no, this arm. And then he just sort of blocks his ears and waits there. But he goes the, through a lot. he utilizes that arm as a splint because he broke both his legs. Yeah, he broke both his legs <gasps> and still managed to climb out <coughs> of this cave and then gets chased by the Yeti, runs away from the Yeti, succeeds in hiding and surviving that too. He goes back to the plane eventually after no food for days. And he just gets shot. And he gets shot by Raven (laughs) as he's entering the plane. Raven's just like, I'm not even looking, I just popped him. With a flare. Super excited. Yeah, a flare. flare in the eye. And he's, Raven is so excited and so proud of himself for shooting. Yeah. And I think Raven knew it was Garcia. And just before that, they were like, they warned yeah, like, okay, don't just shoot. Check. <laughs> and he's like, no, dude, whatever it is, it's going to die. I'm killing it. <laughs> God, I think I, I agree with you. This story for me is actually all about Garcia. Because on the plane, before the crash, he has this heart-to-heart with Coach. Yeah. And they agree there that Garcia just needs to show more heart. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah that fire. And then he passion. goes through all these trials and tribulations. To, and he really proves himself. He, even when he climbs up the rock face for the second time, <laughs> he's like, how's this for art? Yeah. yeah. Like, here's your art. Coach, dead and then coach. he just gets shot. Boy, he just gets and shot. And he survives getting shot. He survives shot. getting his fucking <laughs> but art shown out. Uh, the final shot of the film is just him waking up, being alone, and seeing the Yeti's arm coming out. <laughs> so, I honestly want to know, is that the Yeti being born? Are Yeti sort of like Phoenix in that when they die, they turn into a snowdrift, and then they claw their way out of the snowdrift? I think, I think... That's how they reproduce. There were two. Those there are two Yeti. Yeah. We have they to caught con- them both in the pit yet. trap. Yes. And then the one goes after the main group. Yeah, the one so it dies must be in that the pit second. Trap. But he wasn't there, I guess. It could it be it wouldn't be the one that fell off the cliff, but maybe into the snow and then but, like Terminator. But he's right by Garcia over. and he never fell down the cliff. It must be a second or even third Yeti. But I like your theory of maybe that's how they come about in the first place. Yeah. Like there's an avalanche and then out of the snow they form. My theory is that the Yeti or the subtitle, Curse of the Sneeman, Snow mm-hmm. Demon, refers to when you succumb to cannibalism and you kind of transgress that barrier that you become a, a yeti. So you're saying Raven you be- is now the yeti? I would say Raven's probably a yeti. Well, most of them are yetis because pretty much all of them had some of that guy. They've really messed up the area now because now they're just like... Maybe 20 yeti yeah. running around. Yeah, it's a mess. Ecologically disastrous. The whole, the whole cycle is going to be thrown out. It's like Chernobyl yeah. now. Like, no one can go there. Yeah. But it's interesting to me how Garcia goes through all these trials and he survives everything that the universe throws at him only to find that it was all for naught. And it's sort of bordering on the absurd, very ex- existential. I guess it's definitely uh, the, it's the it's the core of the film for yeah. me. It's it's the the emotional core of the film. Early it's set up. You can see there's going to be growth for this character, mm. and there is. It's just it ends in such an absurd way that it either negates completely the power of the the character or it actually adds to the senselessness of it yeah. all. Yeah, that would actually be a great sequel. Garcia alone waiting for the cleanup crew to arrive. 
which is him like breaking out of the Himalayas on his own just, like, and really hiking. just coming back to society and starting on that damn yeah. team. I've got heart. <laughs> Ten years after the accident, he gets onto that field for that high school football team. Um, I find it pretty interesting that this college football team is mostly playing people in their mid thirties. I guess it is college football, so it could be uh, a little bit older than high school, yeah. I guess. But yeah, I'm guessing they all should be early 20s, maybe even younger. Yeah. It's all the steroids, yeah. it must be. The coach, he's sort of the only authority figure along with the two pilots. They die early on, but the coach, during the crash, he gets up. And while the flight attendant's trying to do her job, he also gets up and he's like, Okay, everybody, calm down. And I'm just like, dude, sit down. You need to be strapped in. You're probably going to die now. <laughs> Safety first. It didn't work. Uh, same actor plays the football coach in Blue Mountain State. That series. Yeah, right. And he's, I guess he's been typecast as a football coach. Yeah. An alternative title for this film. Mm-hmm. Blue Mountain State, the Alpine Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I also have an alternative title suggestion. Yes. Because I feel like this movie could have been a lot better without the Yeti and without the curse and also without the demon. Yes. I wanted to see the movie called The Snow. Or Of the Snow. Of the Snow. And you could then still have a Yeti being born from no, snow. No. Never no, interact. No supernatural. Yeah, just like a Yeti gets up out of the thing and just walks away and you never see him again. <laughs> Or just a movie where... Because actually, if you remove the Yeti from this movie, it is just all the movies that have been made about that Argentinian yeah. rugby team's plane crash. There are so many movies about that. Yeah, I should just that. go watch those movies then. Yeah, yeah probably. They're good. <laughs> I think Frank Marshall made one in the 90s with Ethan Hawke. Wow. Oh, uh, yeah. I have not seen that one. I saw some uh, made-for-TV one that I watched once. But I mean, yeah, the original setup is great. A team crashing in the mountains and resorting to cannibalism. That is the core of it. So the Yeti in this... Do you think that's why they established the Yeti so early on? Because the Yeti is incidental. There's no ambiguity about what the first shot of the movie is. The Yeti. Close-ups And for some reason, like... His in, eyes don't open. It's in the 70s. Why is that? Let's justify that. Because what, we the get the short opening. little prologue that's the 70s. Yeah. yeah. And then two this... guys that go there with a Sherpa and then the Sherpa's like, Raksha! And he's like, Raksha means demon. I know languages. Yeah, and then the Yeti <laughs> chows down on them. Yeah, because he goes in there and then his gun is frozen, I'm assuming. Yeah. He ended up dying. His friend ended up dying. That was just sort of used to reveal the Yeti. Yeah. But is that normal for films like this to reveal the the monster that early on usually it's they'll show a silhouette or a shadow yeah, or something classic jaws to build tactics. suspense you know yeah and i really with yeah. this one i would have gone with silhouettes rather than yeah. full-on full <laughs> they color. could have benefited from that troubling especially considering the makeup and the suit for the yeti yeah it's very poorly done someone like licked a gi joe and <laughs> dropped it on a carpet <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of lint stuck to him. I find that every time they show the Yeti, it's sort of like, Hurrah, doing the Chewbacca growl. Yeah. But mm-hmm. eyes can't open. And I feel like I can explain this scientifically. So say if a Yeti <laughs> yeah. were to live in snow its whole life, snow gets a lot of glare from the sun. Uh-huh. You have to squint in snow. So it would make sense for the Yeti to have tiny little eyes. Yeah. Or be blind. Snow, snow blind. blind. They could have just called the snow blind the Yeti story. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you guys think of the CGI shots of the Yeti? I, actually, I was very grateful uh, for them. Very, very good CGI. I could see the Yeti moving. <laughs> it was jumping very high. And jumping. Yeah, the jumping upset yeah. me. That was yeah. like, ah, oh, dude, you were so realistic up until now. <laughs> yeah. It's so it had this template yeah. jump. That it just repeated yeah. every Yeah. Because when you see him run, it's just some dude in a suit running in snow. <laughs> <It's> so, like, <laughs> yeah, awkward. this big, big clunky suit. And, and then, and the jumps, it's just like this beautiful <laughs> algorithmic leap. Or bouncy, it's like, bouncy. It would have been better if he just couldn't jump like yeah. that, right? Then no CGI necessary. And it would have looked better. Yeah. And he doesn't need to jump. Because in the crucial moments, there's a moment there where they wait for the for the yeah. helicopter. Where they, they've been chased down by the Yeti for a while now. And every time it jumps closer and closer. But then while they're waiting for the helicopter, then it can't jump anymore. Then it's running, yeah. <laughs> you know, slowly. And Peyton has to make the decision to go tackle it. I actually cannot remember the ending of this film. Because... He, he tackles the Yeti. They fall down a cliff. He grabs onto a branch and the Yeti's on his oh right his grab his leg <laughs> and then they pull him up they why wouldn't his leg just pull off like yeah, any, everyone else's um, arm they harpoon the yeti yes one of the yeti tie a big fucking rock to a chain to the harpoon and then they use that to like yank the yeti off of the guy but that would have just taken the guy with them. Hey, maybe Both that was their yeah. plan and yeah. made an unusually strong grip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually, I think, what happened. They're, they're tired of Peyton's patriarchal, paternal attitude. Because yeah. he immediately takes over the Kill whole the thing. Yeah. He's just like, I'm the captain of the, of of the, the team. team. Now I'm, I'm in charge. One. Even though that one girl was his trainer, yeah. she was more of an authority figure. The movie has this casual chauvinism about it. But that's why I like Raven, because he told Pate, listen, man, we're in the freaking Himalayas here. We're not on the football field. You're not the captain anymore. I don't know. I guess he just has this sense of egotism <clears throat> that compels him to take that leadership position. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of like any other survival thing, like Lost as well. There's always some central controlling figure, like in Lost with Jack Shepard. Yeah. yeah. It's There's always a team leader who everyone despises for being team yeah. leader. Yeah. I mean, if Peyton's name, uh, if there wasn't already a Shepard in the movie, then his name probably would have been Shepard. Uh, the thinly veiled... Christ reference in horror films is... Yeah, it's a classic. This episode brought to you by Coffee. Coffee. The brown stuff. I also find that the storm yeah. trapping them in that area was sort of also a common horror film trope of trapping the victims in the arena, which was quite clearly pointed out in... Joss Whedon's Cabin in the Woods, where he actually just lays that whole structure out. My favorite <laughs> horror movie, but they get trapped there. And that's classic horror movie tactics, is, is taking away escape. Pure survival, but there's really no chance of actually getting out of the situation. I like that they did the avalanche or snowstorm at the end, because that, that also is part of the original true story yeah. of the Argentinian plane crash. Cause, um, and I find that quite funny, because after 
days of deciding whether these devoutly Catholic people are gonna eat yeah. people. They find they all finally cave, but then some of them die immediately in, in an avalanche. Wow. So they end up going through all that drama to do it and then it's just like die Garcia. anyway. Yeah. So maybe they took their moves from the actual story and just the yeah. senselessness of it all. What I found very interesting is that the Himalayan rescue team consisted of a Russian woman, which makes a little bit of sense, and this guy from like... I think they're all from Canada. Isn't sci-fi from Canada? I guess that might just be part of what made it so (laughs) low budget. it's a coincidence. It's definitely a Canadian production. And they're in a log cabin in the Himalayas, a very American style. And it's called the Himalayan Rescue Association. So that, I mean, that basically (laughs) says it all. (laughs) <laughs> well, there could be like a CIA black site in the Himalayas. Okay, so his name is Shepard, yes. right? And so her then, name. So he is coming to, to save them, <laughs> both spiritually yeah, to, and to physically. Hurt yeah, them back. Find, they're the last sheep of biblical parable. But they do come to a, a tragic end with their lives, I guess, as yeah. well. Well, at least they don't Fury, the Russian agent. Is she Russian or is she it's like Ukrainian? I thought she was Asian. No. Am I blind? She is definitely from Canada also, but has a very fake, very strong Russian accent. Is Fury a Russian no. name? <laughs> Fury uh, Levski is probably... Anna Grauer is her name, and she is a Mexican-Canadian actress. Playing definitely some sort of uh, Eastern European or Russian. You would expect someone with the name of Fury to be able to fire a gun straight. She was. She knew what she she was doing. She actually aimed for Raven. She was like, we're going to kill this Yeti, so we should probably replace it with Raven. I've never actually seen a film where someone is held by the person you're trying to shoot. The person always hesitates and like, oh, God, I can't shoot because the the risk is too bad. This is the first movie I've ever seen where the person does not. Yeah. The person is trained, you know, trained in uh, in weapons, I'm guessing. And she just fires and runs yeah. and shoots. Yeah. I've never she, seen that in a she film. She hits Raven, right? Yeah, she hits Raven and then a bunch of rocks around the Yeti also. So, I mean, that's also quite rare in forms that when a person does shoot, usually they're like spot on right between the eyes or especially with a name like fury that's it louis that's the two scenarios are you either don't fire because you don't trust yourself to get the target or it's the type of gun wizard who can just nail a headshot get it like yeah this movie has the opposite no confidence in shooting (laughs) but gonna fire anyways (laughs) that should be the subtitle yeti no competence no confidence (laughs) my favorite line in the film raven says to kira as i think he's about to eat her brother she says i think to him no that's my brother and he says everybody is somebody's brother sister (laughs) which is demonstrably false so I was thinking that the film could definitely be told as well from the Yeti's perspective, which would make it also a tragic ending, I guess. Yeah, but, a breeding pair. But I like from the Yeti's perspective that he must think he died, he had died and gone to heaven, you know, like... All this food. His life usually is probably... There's no food yeah, ever. Yeah, he has to And now rabbits. the same crash is just more it's food than he could ever want. Heaven. So I like it from the Yeti's perspective. It's a bit more... And upbeat. also some of that food goes to He must be house. having a great time. Do you think he has... Little yeti children to take care of. Yeah, I think that's his wife. Orphaned yetis now. Or his husband. They're gay yetis. They're a gay yeti couple. 
with little orphans with, now. Yeah, that, that is definitely the impression I got from that cave scene where you see the two yetis sleeping peacefully. Yeah. Okay, but so that that Those confirms that there are there could be a family Just of yeah. killed them. No diplomacy. Yeah, that first dude in the seventies. He shock. He rocks up with a gun. He's there to fight. It's like when America went to Iraq for the first time. All right. So do you think that's the is that the commentary of the well, film? Well, snow, snow is kind of like that. American foreign yeah, policy. I think it is. You know, they meet a new culture and they exterminate. Exactly. The hyper masculine, hyper competitive world of football. Yeah. Hyper concussion. <laughs> the hyper concussion. <laughs> How does a hyper concussion work? It's a concussion when you've already ha- when you already had two consecutive concussions. It's a trifecta <laughs> of concussed glory. <laughs> That generally leads to uh, <laughs> aggressive and or suicidal tendencies later in life. Okay, so they're all uh, suffering from hyper. Uh... Yeah, hyper concussion. Is not the actual term. <laughs> it's just, that's what I'm calling it now. It's sort of the big scandal. And it's in actually the NFL. like, yeah, it's super serious. And that could also be a, a sad reading of the film that all their decisions are affected by their <laughs> heavily concussed. Yeah. Mind. Maybe, Maybe Raven is a really tragic. Hallucinating. Oh! They've been hallucinating the Yeti because they're feeling this guilt because they started eating dudes <laughs> right away. They just started tucking in. <laughs> And then they have to come up with this Yeti thing to, to justify how the bodies go missing. And yeah. in the cave, uh, Garcia kills that other guy and, and rips his arm off. Rips his arm off. Because he needed a splint. They all go snow crazy. <laughs> snow That's crazy. a medical term, right? Yeah. Hyper concussed snow crazy. <laughs> Best alternate title yet. So do, do you guys think that there's some clear distinction between two the two fool characters? Because you could kind of read Garcia as... Do you think you can read him as the comic relief or, or is it more tragic? It depends on how much of a sadist you are. Because there is something like yeah. absurd and yeah. funny about it, but then there is obviously a clear comedic relief in that character. I think his name is Dennis, yes. the mascot. Oh right, Dennis though, because he is absurdly. But he was stupid. very unpleasant. definitely plays. But Dennis actually, if you listen to the things he says, he exists outside of the fourth wall of the film. Right. He's never acknowledged by the main cast. Yeah. You know, you've got this subcast. His dialogue is always commenting on the film itself i wish i had more examples of things he said now but he's de- he's definitely the fool but not incorporated into the film at all yeah he has no he's, real impact maybe three lines of sort of snide commentary yeah. i mean he dies right i can't remember close to the oh, end oh doesn't he oh, yeah his heart he gets, gets ripped um out. indiana yes. jones yeah <laughs> jones the woman who's with him, uh, the Yeti steps on her uh, head yeah. and it explodes. Man, I love a good head squashing. Not in real mm. life. I'm glad you, you made that clear. Yetis are also known as abominable snowmen or snow people. Yeah, we don't want to be snow snowpersons. So abominable means causing moral revulsion. And I feel like the humans in this were causing more moral revulsion. They're being pretty abominable. snow racist. To say that the snow people are abominable. Yeah, but also, I mean, the Yeti <laughs> is just scavenging food yeah. in a place where it's really tough to survive. And, and it's his fucking house. Yeah, they put a plane there, squatters. Get off my property. But I think that might lend some credence to the idea that the cannibalism sort of transforms you from a human into this transgressive 
as you said, morally reprehensible figure. Yeah. Yeah. And it, they become. A it's body. definitely. A, um, yeah, I think. It, yeah, that stood out to me is that it's the moment where they start considering uh, eating people and they're behaving quite. You know, they're not being yeah, yeah. great people. So they can't, they almost become like animals, which mean they deserve to die like animals. You know? <laughs> the the yeti is almost like a, a reckoning. Yeah. yeah, I guess you can see it as sort yeah. of karmic justice. They need to be correct. Yeah, but it's also, if you think about it, it's probably just a wild animal. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's very opportunistic and finds these smaller things that sort of look like him yeah. and goes like, wow, they die really easy and they taste real good. Okay, yeah. So less of a moral quest. Yeah, more of just the the Yeti's perspective of survival. Yeah. And they... It's just like a really weird gorilla. He is. He... I mean, if you think about uh, the fossil record, there was an animal called the Gigantopithecus, which was a hominid that stood over two meters tall. Pretty much the classic description of what a Bigfoot looks like is what they have uh, deduced from the Gigantopithecus. (gasps) <gasps> dude oh my and it God. is i think one of the better i feel one of the more realistic more believable scientific theories about what these stories are referencing the sasquatch and the yeti and the yahweh and the orang pendek no no God? i think it's a yaoi it's not yahweh by the way guys we were just talking about gigantopithecus and it's like i need to see some pictures i just typed in g-i-g and then it suggested Gigantopithecus. Hmm, so th- interesting. They're listening. Well, at least someone's yeah, listening. <laughs> Thank you, NSA. Yeah, our only listeners, the NSA. Always okay, listening. Okay, so this looks. Thank the you. Gigantopithecus looks like a giant orangutan. Yeah, but it was also bipedal. You know, it was uh, a walking upright. Yeah. Oh, I thought that meant he had two. <laughs> <laughs> no, not bipedal. <laughs> bipedal. All right. Thank This episode brought to you by Big Al's Long Pork. We got the longest pork around. Long pork, by the way, is a way of saying human flesh. So if you've ever wanted to succumb to the temptation of eating human flesh without getting stuck on a mountaintop, come on down to Big Al's Long Pork and Short Rib. Come on down! So the word abominable had its origin in Middle English via Old French from Latin. It comes from the Latin word abominibalis. Abominable anus. Abominable. Whatever. I can't say that word. I'm not even going to try. Can you say it, Louis? Abominabilis. Yes, there you go. Coming from the root ab, away, and homine, human being. Yeah, it's another case of humans kind of projecting human traits on. Okay, but let's get some feelings out there. This is where you can put in some creepy music. Do you guys think that there's something like I that out there? I think here's where Fraser and I are gonna disagree. How do you guys I'm feel about that? To the idea that a large human relative, bipedal, um, a large bipedal ape, a great ape, could have survived somewhere in the world. A lot of the evidence would make sense for something like that. Even though you never find a carcass or anything, they're generally reported to be in areas where decomposition happens very quickly, like within days, and the bones have sunk into the soil. Or the yeti, you know, just gets snowed over, and you can't even find people in brightly colored jackets in the snow. You're not going to find a camouflaged dead yeti. 
and it's going to be eaten by a snow fox, which is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Fraser, it sounds like you are quite yeah, open yeah. to it. I would love them to be real. That's... I think I've become more into the idea of it. I've because grown into movie. it. Where I never, never thought it was possible, and it was always just, it seemed like an obvious like you said louis like a sort of projection of a typical thing humans do of assuming that there's something like us but more wild yeah. running around that we just can't find but there is probably still quite a bit of life to be found on this planet especially in mountainous areas who knows they don't even have to consider murder in this form it's very convenient because they do have the corpses yeah and none yeah. of them die so they skip the, the... and then that woman sets all the bodies on fire just because she couldn't yeah. handle a little bit of long pull. But doesn't that just mean it's all cooked and ready to no, eat? it's just then? fucked. Although, I think those bodies are probably, like, beyond safe to eat. They were lying in the snow. They were lying in snow, but in the they're Himalayas. still, like, full of blood and poop. Yeah, but the blood, the blood and right. stuff would freeze because they also stacked them outside almost immediately. Mm. So that first night, they would have frozen in that state. So you can actually keep a human pretty fresh by just... Mm, it's it like a frozen snow. foods aisle but in the shop. I don't know if that's sanitary. Like, uh, I don't know if that, that matters at the point. Shouldn't it be properly butchered? Yeah, definitely not with a shot. Well, this is glass. why, in the original uh, story, the real life yeah. story, they only managed to survive because it was in icy conditions where the food was kept right. was preserved. It was kept fresh by the cold mm -hmm. conditions. In any other scenario, you probably wouldn't be able to eat it that easily. Stuff that, like you say, is probably not yeah. the healthiest or in the best condition to eat, but you you probably could no, survive but it. But there are, like, a lot of fucking rabbits around. There's one rabbit around. It's implied you know, that they're, 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 they only hunt successfully for one day because ravens, yeah. like... But then they never show that. So they go hunting once, they get a rabbit, everyone eats. Then the next day they go hunting again and Raven's sitting there back at camp going like, if they come back from hunting without food again, we're going to have to make some tough decisions. And it's like they <laughs> literally came back from hunting with food yesterday. Is that when they get the rabbit where the one character uh, javelins yes. the rabbit? When Peyton misses yeah. the, the tackle. The whole question about cannibalism is addressed quite handily for me in, and I'm going to butcher the name here, in Algonquin... Or Algonquin? I, I think Algonquin. Actually. Algonquin. Yeah. Folklore. They form part of the First Nations peoples in um, the United States. They have this belief in the Wendigo, which is the spirit of cannibalism and of this craving for human flesh that wanders the forests and possesses people that have to eat other people for survival. Those people then go back to their homes and eat their families because they become obsessively psychotically hungry for human flesh right. and they become possessed mm. by the wendigo and the legend also lends its name to to the disputed modern medical term wendigo psychosis which is considered by psychiatrists to be a form of culture-bound syndrome with symptoms such as an intense craving for human flesh and a fear of becoming a cannibal if they had just removed the yeti and just had the Wendigo would have made much more sense. And it would still be able to fit in with Maneater, with the Maneater series. Fit right? in... Cannibalism as a yeah. curse is textbook Maneater. Yeah. This film also reminded me of the Dyatlov Pass incident. 
Oh, yeah. Nine people went hiking in the Ural Mountains. They were all experienced skiers, uh, cross-country, and they all one night inexplicably died on the slopes of Kolat Siakul. But that mountain's name literally translates to either Death Mountain or Do Not Go Here <laughs> in the local um, the indigenous people's language. They sliced their way out of their tent from the inside and ran into this the middle of the snowy night in like underwear with bare feet and stuff some of them had like crush damage to their chest cavities someone's tongue was ripped out eyes were missing it was crazy very bizarre very yeti curse of the sneeman why do you guys think we're so like captured by stories of people going missing and resorting to cannibalism was that i mean the other story was the donner pass yeah the donner Uh, Donner Party. party famous cannibals yeah, that's a story that's, you know, retold. For me, it's for me, it's kind of, it's it's our fascination with sh- showing our animalistic side. Yeah. Putting us in the rough and tumble of it and just showing our survival instinct. It's all, all about survival instinct, I think. It's our sort of romanticizing our limits. Yeah. At least that's probably the basis of survival as a yeah. genre is overcoming things. <laughs> the power of the human spirit. Yeah, yeah. Have hearts like I would just like crash and then be like, oh well, fuck it. Guess I'll die. I think that's what Raven did though, because <laughs> immediately he's like, I'm gonna eat people. We're not gonna make it. Well, let's just have fun. Yeah, let's mix it up. Yeah, let's have a good time. Yeah. This is a new experience. Yeah. Hey, let's. This is a visceral experience. Like, okay. So, if you guys have to rate this film out of one to five days stuck in the himalayas before cannibalism how many days would you wait to perform cannibalism if you're thinking about this film a a score for the film yes it's a very weird way complicated system i Um, like i'll 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 try i'd say i'd give it two days waiting (laughs) out of five okay good that's good score um i'm i'm definitely a raven in this one like i'm landing and I'm eating people. I, so is that yeah, one? That, uh, I'm <laughs> guessing that's all. Right. One, that's, one day. No, that's. I don't, I don't know if it counts as zero a day. day. Fifteen minutes. Okay, so. Like, sure. Okay, that's like point fifteen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't really day. know, like. If Math. I wait longer to yeah. eat someone, does that mean the movie is better? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're not supposed yes. to. Uh, you're not supposed to know. That's why the system works. I would give this film four out of five days before eating. Can you justify that? I can justify that if I mess with the system and say that the longer you wait, the worse the film was. <laughs> so you're I'm flipping it. it right onto you guys. And now you gave it like five out of five. Louis gave it 499999. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I guess I think, uh, are we all yeah. yetied out? the yeti i can take that's the end of another episode of be positive thank you for listening please remember to leave a like on the facebook page rate and subscribe to our podcast tell your friends tell your parents do the things you do when you like podcasts yes thank you for having me guys yeah thanks for being with us i enjoyed it good (laughs) and then i guess uh you stay scary that's a spooky sausage it's a good one i don't have a cat
Music for today's episode provided by Hermit Ghoul. You can check him out on soundcloud.com slash hermitghoul. Thanks, Adams. Whoa!